A big warm welcome, Jade, to giving up your time to talk to us this afternoon at the PSHE Association. We're delighted to have you with us. Thank you. Um, I'm going to hand over to you so that you can tell us just a little bit about your school and your learners before we kick off. Yeah, of course. Um, so I work at a complex needs school. Um, we our children begin in reception, and we have uh, we go to sick form for some of our more complex need learners. We are organised into three pathways. So we have our engage pathway, um, which is for our semi-formal learners. We have our experience uh, pathway which is for our pre-formal learners, uh, which normally is based around their communication needs. We have um, some PMLD classes, and then we have our formal pathway, which is our enhanced for those that are engaged in more subject-specific learning. So you had an Ofsted experience. We did, uh, yes. recently. Um, so would you like to, to tell us a little bit about that in terms of, expectations what they tend to focus on that kind of thing yeah of course so we got the call um and they chosen three areas and personal development was one of the areas so they decided to focus on pshe as part of the personal development so a form of deep dive we were called i was called as pshe lead and I decided because our school's very diverse and PSHE looks very different in each pathway, that I would go around and get a selection of work and evidence from each pathway. So photographs, personal learning goals, topic books. And then in our more formal classes, I got exercise books and things like that just to support. So I labelled all of those and put those in a box for the inspector to, to look at and, and if I needed to explain any of that. Um, I also have my PSHE file, which had all of the curriculum in it um, and all my learning walks, assessments, and also a um, action plan of PSHE from when I'd taken over as a lead. And that was looked at quite closely by Ofsted. So kind of the areas of development, how I developed them, the actions that I'd put in place for them, and also the actions that were still to happen from current learning walks and things like that. Also within my folder, I had examples of planning from across the pathways with some samples of work, and my scheme of work, and medium and long-term plans for each pathway. Wow. So you... You had not only your documentation together and readiness, but you were able to talk beyond just your provision, but the decisions that had been made, the impact things were having, yeah. was influencing where you wanted to go next. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I also had in it some training that the PSHE training that I'd done for staff regard, regarding the statutory requirements, but also how that would look in our setting. So I show, I had some examples of slides and things that I'd shown to make sure that we were meeting the statutory requirements. And within the PSHE framework, which I'd adapted for our school, I'd highlighted where the statutory uh, requirements were in. So the Ofsted inspector was very quickly able to see where it was being covered. So um, that's great. So staff had had input and training, but it also enabled 
the inspector to see quite clearly the, yeah. the route you were following. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the PSHE Association has crossed that bridge into children that are very verbal and very aware, um, but are equally as vulnerable. And I think that that the framework, although it's worked well for my school in a complex need, it would have worked equally well in in the SEMH school that I worked at. You can just make it your own. You can personalise it for children. (laughs) I think it's really good if you have your PSHE file and it's just all in hand, it's all labelled. So as they ask you a question, you can reference it and show them the evidence. Yes. Um, The angle that my particular Ofsted inspector took was, tell me about PSHE at your school. Tell me how PSHE and safeguarding are interlinked at your school. So at my school, um, we don't obviously dictate teachers' planning, but we have... um, uh, teachers to show us their continuous planning. So things like managing strong feelings, friendships, um, social skills, um, life skills, things like safe and unsafe, private and public, the things that are really important to children with with, uh, special educational needs. Um, And then we have our discrete provision, So our discrete provision will look very different, for example, in our semi-formal classes where they're starting subject-specific learning to our pre-formal classes where it is just a continuous provision of circle time, sitting, meal time, snacks, things like that. Um, And then some examples from from our from our formal but also i tied in from the children's ehcps where there is a particular outcome or a particular barrier and how pshe is used to address that brilliant so that's really person-centered learning isn't yeah it? so for example <clears throat> all schools will have an annual review and where in the annual review you write the provision Lots of people will write through PSHE, but I, as a lead, then expected that to be broken down and shown in the curriculum. So, for example, if we had children that really had difficulties with emotional regulation, that would be broken down in the framework, managing strong feelings. So that might be done as an intervention. So if you've got a cohort of children that regulate quite well, but you've got a few children that need specific interventions we were able to show that on the curriculum and how it kind of all fed through in that cycle so from the ehcps to the plgs to the pshe planning and having that that join up really means that you're you know you're not only responding to need but you're also making it relevant and meaningful for your learners absolutely because when the children get to 14 on their ehcp and their Mm -hmm. annual review it changed because you start looking at kind of preparing for adult life and as we know pshe can be is the cornerstone of that for many of our learners so it's it's in building it from an early age. So using that spiral curriculum so that by the time they get to 15, 16, they're able to have skills for the wider world. Something that um, came up quite strongly in our inspection was in our sixth form, 
the learners had the circles of trust. So on the wall, they had themselves and the different circles of trust right through to the local community and beyond. But when the Ofsted inspector spoke to them, they were able to say who was in their circle of trust and why and who they would tell if they were worried or scared or afraid. And that was something that was noted by the by the Ofsted inspector that children knew, even our non-verbal children, how to communicate no and to stay safe and who their trusted adults were. And so that's a wonderful join up, isn't it, in terms yeah. of the young people demonstrating all the things that you have shown in documentation and talked about. So, yeah. that, you know, there's that real triangulation happening within your school, but also how it's contributing to those older students' independent mm-hmm. skills. Yeah, I mean, I we went, I took the Ofsted inspector on a walk around the school. Uh, there were some children going out in the local community as they do daily, weekly, you know, many of them. And I said, oh, I've forgotten how to cross the road. And the child could could give me, well, you must stay with an adult and you and you could see the Ofsted inspector had seen the books, but the child could then vocalise and show her what that would look like. Absolutely brilliant. So it's seeing the application of skills in mm-hmm. action. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I and, think and it's also helping an inspector write what they're going to write about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think as well, it's about adapting the curriculum and the framework for for the needs of your children in your school. In t- and when you talk about framework, are you directly re- referring to the planning framework for people's yeah. educational needs that we've written? Yeah, that's great to hear. That. that but, you know, it's been the springboard for so many different um, approaches, and, but it's galvanised your PSHE to kind of really, you know, get off the ground and be absolutely and relevant to your learners. And, it, and it's also been able to help teachers to form personal learning goals. So to, to break that those outcomes down into smaller steps so that the children it kind of gives them the language and the understanding of the progression yes so it's it's helped teachers as well to say well, where are they now and where do i want them to be and and almost the steps that they need to get there that was a conversation i had with a colleague about how we use the pshe curriculum um because i was very um adamant in the training that pshe was not a bolt on that this was not a tick list of things to slavishly go through that i wanted it to be personalized to the children and the class yeah and and were, were the it was the inspector or oh, inspectors particularly interested in decisions you made the judgments you made you know, if something did happen around digital safety or like you were saying about your other learners, you know, were they interested in, in what was happening and how that was being developed and how, yeah, you, so, how you were monitoring it? Yeah. So, um, for example, in our school, we use CPOMs. So some of the actions in a concern um for example, around, I don't know, um, online bullying. So where the um, concern had been raised, then we could put it, we put it as an action that that child would then have a one-to-one PSHE intervention. But then because we've got the curriculum in place, we were able to say, 
this is the intervention that so they could see that not only was it DSLs discussing it, it was then going to happen in the classroom and that the PSHE curriculum is robust, ready to deal with, but not not just to deal with more preventative. I think prior to that framework, it wasn't really applicable to our children. And unless you're a PSHE specialist, it's very hard to take mainstream PSHE resources and fit them to our children. Yes, yes, so that, that, that's a constant sort of Teachers are it? now able to have something in front of them that is applicable and works for their children and they can form lessons. But also I didn't want a bought scheme because it doesn't have the coverage that's needed for the complexities of our learners. And, and the framework does. We went to our uh, PMLD class and I was able to say that actually on, on our curriculum, I think I said to you before that I put it as a progression, but for some of our PMLD children that are pre-verbal and, you know, there's very little movement, they're in wheelchairs, that they were still accessing the curriculum, that they were looking at stimuli of their parents as people that care for them. Yes. So through things like eye gazes, they were able to say, who cares for us? And they knew it was mummy and daddy. Yes. And, you know, it's still the same. If you're worried, who can you who can you tell? Mummy and daddy. So that curriculum really revolutionised PSHE for our school. That's so good to hear. There's such a difference in children. No matter what, you know, complexity Mm -hmm. of needs or, you know, PMLD a learner has, they can still access the curriculum. Yeah, absolutely. And And I think that that was one of the most pivotal points with Ofsted is that in front of us, we had a curriculum that that when they walked around you know was for all of those children we had a complete coverage for all of those children right through from the PMLD children up until our kind of highest um formal learners yes uh, I, I mean it's it's seeing it in action truly seeing it in action isn't mm-hmm. it and like you say using the framework um, as a way to ensure that across a very wide range of special educational needs, there is still still a relevance and meaning in what you're doing for your learners and for their, you know, their carers and parents to see yeah, that they are part of all of this. If you yeah. were giving, um, you know, uh, sort of top tips to someone who just got the phone call, the, you know, the Ofsted phone call, what would you say? What kind of tips would you give? Um, I think be prepared. So have that conversation in your head. If you know your curriculum, you know your school. So, for example, at my school, I know that within SEND, our children, the statistics are that they are very vulnerable. They're very vulnerable to a wide range of outcomes influences so at the heart and the core of our PSHE curriculum is to keep our children safe to give them the tools to communicate and to keep themselves safe and also to use that qualitative and quantitative data you know you haven't just plucked that one out of the air there's a no absolutely sound basis to it we we were reacting so for example our data comes from our from our 
uh, EHCPs. Yes. So from all the barriers to learning. So I think it's having the calmness and the confidence in your own curriculum, in what you're providing for your children, why you're providing it for your children, what that will look like, yes. how you measure the progress, how you um, assess and monitor the progress and, and, you know, having that discussion of effective pedagogy, because even though we've got send children, things like uh, the pedagogy of your staff that you're leading is important. Um, And, you know, that was one of the things that I talked about with the inspector and the use of resources, the use of quality resources. And that actually, um, again, going back to, you know, it will look different from a mainstream school, how that might be recorded. Don't be afraid. So I said that, you know, we were still working on assessment, but have your plan for whatever you know may be a, a weakness. So for in my school, I had it already, assessment, autumn two, you know, needed to be revisited, strengthening assessment across all of the pathways to use that to inform the planning moving forward. So because it was there and I'd actioned it and I was able to explain it rather than, well, assessment looks a little bit weak in here. I know that we're addressing it and this is how we're going to address it. We've got a learn and walk planned for December. And I would say, keep your walk rounds, go around, keep going around as if you're an inspector. I did that three times before you know, it wasn't a rehearsal. You can't rehearse with send children. You can't rehearse mm. with any children. Every answer will be different. Yes. Um, but how does it look? Mm. And are you doing what you're saying you're doing? Can you see what you're saying you're doing on paper? That's how I took it. Yeah. Brilliant to hear. But so, I, listen, can you t- take us through a, uh, uh, the day then of the inspection? The school is likely to publish a day, so the two days that they were there, so you know your time slots with the inspectors. I was teaching in class and then um, I was timetabled in for a walk around uh, to look at PSHE within the school. We have an open door policy anyway, so her question to me was, tell me about PSHE at your school, what will it look like? So that led to the conversation. So we walked around the school, we went into classes, we looked at examples of work, we spoke to young people and got a feel. Um, and then I was booked in for a interview. I'd left a selection of work from all the different pathways. So I'd made very clear that that had all been labelled and I'd left the curriculum, the policy. Um, so the file was opened Um I think that they'd looked, they definitely looked at my policy. So my PSHE and RSHE policy, um, because some questions were asked. So that would be another top tip, know your policy um, and be able to answer questions about your policy. Um, So then they asked questions about the curriculum. We looked through the curriculum. um, So the framework, Uh, I explained that it had come from the PSHE Association and how I'd adapted it and how it was used both um, for assessment, for outcomes. Um, 
I think we had a conversation for about 55 minutes. We talked about assessment, resources, what the what um, lessons may look like. Um, and then we had a little look at some of the work, so the different different pathways. And did they go out and talk to the children at all? Yeah, so when we went on our walk around, um, I said that I would take them to a selection of the different classes and different pathways. Yeah. Um, and that's when I felt that the policy... Ha, had been read and the children and and staff were being questioned on on things in within the policy one thing that um she seemed to like is whenever we teach any element of RSHE a letter is sent home to parents informing them of the objectives of that and that teaching materials will be made available or are available from the class team Yes, and that again is the demonstration of you know explicit safeguarding that's going on with you Absolutely. know through your PSHE but also in your organization and set up. And for our send learners, um many of them don't have the mechanics of writing. So the different ways that we would then enable them to privately ask a question. Wow. So we have, for example, symbols. I want to know, and then they might put that in the box because they're not going to be able to write like they can in a mainstream yes. school. And, may, and again, it's back to this, they can access things then. Yeah. It, yes. They, they, they're not, you know, they're not observers in their their PSHE learning. They're actually, you know, engaged in it from start to finish. Yeah. And I think the day, the day felt much calmer than the build-up to the day. Did it? It was a very long day, but it was. What like, makes you feel that that was the case? Um, because it was here and it was happening, and that and there was there was nothing else in your control. Like it, it was there, so it was like a bit like talking to you. It was like you want it to be the best it can be, so you've just your nerves kind of went, and I think I just took the. I'm proud. We've done well. Let's show it. Um, and celebrate it. And celebrate it. You know, it's empowering for you as well because I keep coming back to the, I'm, you know, I'm going to really celebrate and show things, but I'm also going to let you know the things I know need further developing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all one can do because, you know, they're there for that day. They're not going to be there tomorrow. I think I was quite strategic Yes. So whatever was on my action plan, whatever I'd written for my intent, I had evidence. Whatever I'd written for how I was going to, it had been implemented, I had evidence. And then I had evidence for the impact. So I think as long as you can cover those areas, as long as you can prove that you've got that broad and balanced curriculum, you'll be fine. 